It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Let's get moving with Maria. Inspiration to spend a few minutes each day to get moving on the small things that can make a big difference in your life. Thank you so much for joining us for Let's Get Moving. Today we're going to talk about e-bikes, the popularity of e-bikes, and really the benefits of e-bikes. And with me is Dr. Brett Mackiff. He's the physical activity coordinator for the state of Utah. And Brett, thanks so much for being here today. This is an absolute treat. I love getting to talk about this and especially about things like e-bikes. Right. Let's talk about the trend with bicycles first in general. Boy, the popularity of bicycles and people buying bicycles this year has just been huge. Somebody described uh, bicycles as being the new toilet paper. They're impossible to find. And if you do are are able to find one, it's going to take a while to get it set up right for you because there's so many people looking to do it. So kind of talk about the benefits of just cycling in general. Um, Is it one of those things that people will stick to because it's more fun? Or or what are your feelings on that? Well, if you were to choose between hopping on a a vehicle that gives you the chance to have essentially the wind, you know, flowing through your hair and getting, you know, all throughout your community and exploring the trails and the hills and even seeing animals and people or hopping onto a treadmill where you see a wall or maybe a television in front of you for the next 30 to 45 minutes. I think most people would say that getting on a bike is probably one of the best things they could do right now. Plus, it's something that everyone in the family can do with you. It doesn't have to be an individual activity. And, you know, I grew up with a, a mom who took me out riding bikes all the time. And I started on the back of her bike, um, gripping for dear life until I was able to ride my own. And, yeah, it changed the way that she was going to be riding because, again, a little slower, getting a little bit safer places. But all in all, it's one of the better family activities you can do. E-bikes have come on the scene pretty hot and heavy, very popular right now. What are the benefits of e-bikes? An e-bike's a bit of an equalizer for nothing more than uh, a chance for somebody who may not be comfortable riding a bike either in a location or at a speed that the rest of the group could ride. This gives them a chance to just ease into it a little bit more. So, for instance, if somebody's not really ridden a bike much or they're just not in terribly great shape or maybe they have some physical limitations, an e-bike gives them a little bit of that boost to help kind of get them comfortable, feeling confident. For me in particular, an e-bike is, in my case, I'm in okay shape. I tend to do stuff like this a lot. But it it gave me a sense of safety when I was riding on the roads in downtown Salt Lake City. Let me back up just a little bit. E-bikes themselves are not necessarily what most people think they are. There are a lot of different e-bikes from the kind that are pedal-assisted there's a certain class themselves, and they can go up to a certain speed. There's others that are almost like a motorcycle, and they're, they're crossing the line almost into what we'd call a moped. And those would be much more of a what you consider a motor vehicle than, than an e-bike would be. But these pedal-assisted, they do not move for you. You have to do some work yourself. So for me, when I was sitting there at the light, 
in downtown Salt Lake City with a very large truck right behind me, and I knew he wasn't going to be giving me a lot of space, I was able to adjust the, the input and get off the line a lot faster and get to where I needed to be to be in the safest place. Right. I'm going to be honest. My husband and I bought our e-bikes because we live on a hill, and we have watched <laughs> some of the most fit cyclists try to get up our hill, and it's excruciating just to watch even those who are very fit. It's just very steep. So for us, uh, we have bicycles, but really there were some parts that were just so uncomfortable and just made the whole experience not very fun as we're getting a little bit older, and we thought, you know, we could use a little bit of extra help so it gave us that extra push to actually get out there, be brave, and really start taking some longer road trips. I like that. And the hills in particular are one of those places that really catch you if you're not, if you've not been riding for a very long time, or even if you have been. Um, I would always hop off a bike and walk it up a certain hill on the way home. Um, but for someone who's looking to ride for fun, for just getting outside, maybe feel like the walls are closing in on you a little bit, maybe a chance to get out on a bike will give you that that social distancing approach way of getting those physical activity minutes in and enjoying it at the same time. But at the same time, we're looking at maybe we're going to be able to use this a little bit longer time as we're using bikes to commute to and from work, to and from shopping and other destinations. It sure makes it a little bit easier, a little bit less of a daunting thought when you go out to the garage with your, your e-bike and say, all right, here we go. Mm-hmm. Talk about the pedal assist, because like you okay. said, people are, some people have a misconception that, boy, this bike's going to do all the work for you. That is definitely <laughs> not the case. <laughs> oh, that is such a shock. Um, you know, it's an interesting word, uh, situation with the whole bicycle community. There was a real hesitancy towards the use of e-bikes because of that idea that, oh, it's just a a motorcycle, a quieter motorcycle. It's quite different. As you get started, uh, you use, most bikes will have you select a difficulty or an assist level setting, uh, whether it's going to be minimal, like something you just have a little bit of an extra, or something that's quite a bit of an assist. As you are getting started, that first push with that pedal kind of can be a little scary. It takes off, and you better be holding on, or you kind of stop very quickly as you try and catch your balance. But the harder you push, the more assistance you get from the motor, at least in the majority of the models that I've worked with. Uh, The less pushing you do, the less assist it gives you. So you still have all of the gear work that you will see on a lot of the, like a a mountain bike or a 10-speed or whatever your style of bike is. Uh, But that harder push that you get, it reads that and says, oh, you want to go further or you want to go faster and let me help. It's almost as if you've got somebody giving you a little push from the back. Right. It was interesting. Uh, My husband and I took the rail trail a a couple of weekends ago, which is in the mountains, if anyone's uh, ever thought of taking it. It's a beautiful trail. But we got a little overconfident, and you still have to look at what your abilities are and what your endurance is. Because when we had to come back and we were going uphill on the trail, and it's up a mountain. And even though it doesn't seem very steep when you start to get tired, like you said, that assist only works if you are really putting the effort into pushing, you know, the pedals. Mm-hmm. So it Definitely. can be a little tricky knowing exactly, you know, what your abilities are and how far you can push them. It, I'd like to say it's like learning to ride a, ride a bike. You never forget it. But this is a very different style of riding bike. 
um, knowing what your limits are and knowing what your bike's abilities are as well. Some of them will have a range of no more than 30 miles or a certain number of hours, and knowing how much assist you get is going to be something you have to really balance into where you plan on going and knowing that you're going to have to get back because they can be very, very heavy bikes, and if your battery goes out, <laughs> you might find you're walking a lot more than riding. And you don't want to do that on a mountain trail, for sure. I'm going to say that. Absolutely not. It's a great way to take your bike for a walk. Talk for a second, Brett, about just the courtesy of other bikers and, you know, kind of the etiquette of riding an e-bike in comparison to a regular bike. Do you believe that there is a difference like, should I feel be, bad that the guy is really um, – so here's just an example. I, I'm on a trail. Um, I know it's a difficult trail. I know that I have some extra help, and the guy in front of me is very fit. And I feel really uncomfortable passing him because I feel like a jerk, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's understandable, though, but also recognize that nobody knows your fitness level. And in most of these cases, e-bikes don't look like anything different than any other bike. If you're feeling like you need to be a little bit more cautious or you need to consider stopping and uh, enjoying the view for a little bit while somebody gets up a hill, that's totally okay. It's always a series of etiquette issues that you want to, to look at. Like if somebody's um, coming down the hill, it's a lot, it's better to get out of their way because they're dealing with gravity as well as all the other things that are, that are happening. You want to be careful around animals. You want to make sure that if you're going around people, just be be conscious. There are a lot of, of trail etiquettes, and you can find a lot of information about that at, at places like some of our partners, like Bike Utah um, and a bunch of other places online. We are so fortunate to have as many trails as we do and so many wonderful outdoor recreation opportunities. Uh, I've, you know, I've heard how the sales of bikes have been and how so many people are riding bikes. But I will tell you, with the number of trails that there are, I don't ever feel like the trails are crowded. Hmm. I'm sure that there are some that are more popular maybe because of their, you know, their level of difficulty. But most of the trails that we have come across really haven't been, we haven't been having to deal with a lot of people. One of the great advantages about, you know, hiking and, and biking right around this, you know, pandemic, that makes a big difference. So, yeah, you, you know, just pick the spots that's going to be, that are going to be the most comfortable for you, both for difficulty and be aware of crowding because some places can be quite crowded. Also, check with wherever the trail is if you're in uh, some Park systems, national, state parks, they may not always allow e-bikes as well. So do definitely check with a lot of the places to make sure that they're allowable. There are so many different supplies or uh, what do you call them, um, things that go with your bike. Uh, one thing I would <laughs> like to encourage anybody who's getting started on, make sure you have good biking shorts. And they're not all made equally, I will say, especially for women. <laughs> I mean, they, it can be really painful when you're not used to sitting on a hard bike seat. That's something that you really need to, you know, work at. Oh, the joys of getting a bike customized to you. That would probably take somebody a good six hours to walk you through all the ins and outs of it. No kidding, uh, yeah, right? Bike seats <laughs> can be really rough. <laughs> but I, th I think we are very fortunate because, boy, you can do just a little bit of research and find uh, the right seat or the right seat cover. Or, yes, good biking shorts just make a world of difference and really change the experience. Because if you're going to buy spend that kind of money on a bike, you want to make sure that you're enjoying it. You're not going to quit after just a, you know, a few quick rides. 
True. And the type of equipment you get, you, there is no mandatory equipment that you would say for anything. If you want a wider seat, you want a seat with a little bit of cushion, you want a narrow seat that's a race style. Uh, if you want to wear Lycra, if you want to wear just a pair of shorts, whatever your thing is, find what works for you. And don't put it, don't let any of the pressures that you'll see with, uh, you know, fitting in with all the other cyclists out there. Just be you. Be the part that makes the, uh, the best for you. The only thing I would recommend is the use of a helmet, especially if you're, you're starting with an e-bike. Uh, there can be some possibility of you losing that balance, not being as comfortable with the pedals. And we want to make sure you're safe, even if you do take a bit of a tumble. Yeah, make sure you know exactly where that seat should be, too, because if you can't touch the ground, you're going to have a real problem. It's going to be I'm a speaking from experience. Surprise. Let me just say that. <laughs> I, I have found those wonderful experiences myself a few times. Well, my mistake was we got a seat cover for uh, my seat this past trip, and I didn't lower the seat. Well, oh. the seat cover made my, um, you know, my made it probably an inch and a half to two inches higher. And the problem with that is that when I tried to stop very quickly, guess what happened? I couldn't touch the ground. <laughs> That's not a great one. Um, I've nothing had bad, nothing terrible with... happened except I oh, was good. incredibly <laughs> embarrassed, right? Because I set the bike down, but yeah. I would prefer if you're going to be injured, let it be your pride. Yeah, that um, definitely I happened. Learned, I learned the joy of, of toe clips, uh, shoe clips, and realizing I couldn't get out of them as fast as I thought I could. So, uh, yes, I've done quite a few lovely tumbles right on uh, State Street here in Salt Lake. It was quite impressive. I'm sure I got some a round of applause from that fall. That was beautiful. <laughs> At least I do it where there aren't a lot of people, Brad. You're doing it where there are a lot of people. You're smarter than I am on that. <laughs> what do you hope people learn to love about e-bikes? I mean, why are they really an opportunity to get fit that we haven't seen before? For me, the most important part is that they make it possible for someone who could not ride to be able to ride. Uh, it, whether, again, that's a physical limitation, if it's a physical fitness issue, or it's just a confidence issue with being able to ride on certain places. An e-bike is a bike. And while all bikes are vehicles, according to your, our wonderful laws and regulations, there are going to be different things that make you feel more comfortable or less comfortable. My hope is that e-bikes are a great tool to get people who wouldn't normally ride out there and hit that ability to do what they want to do, when they want to do it, how they want to do it. It's just a little bit of a, we'll call it a, a not a handicap like we would have in golf, you know, just kind of a little, give you some extra oomph in the process. I know you're not an expert at all the different types of e-bikes, and they're not all made equally. Some are made for dirt, some are made for, you know, more or, urban use. But what kinds of things would you like people to think about as far as physical activity goes when they're trying to decide which kind of bike to buy? Mm. Um, the the part I like, and for me, as long as it has a pedal assist, I'm going to be much more comfortable with it than any of the the throttle assist or like the kind of the thumb, thumb ones where you can push and get. Again, those are different class models. Um, recognize that if you need the assistance, that there should be some variability in how much assistance you get, whether it's on a scale of one to six, one being just barely doing anything and a six saying, I'm going to get up to speed fast. I'm going to be riding at the same speed as some of these cars on, on some city streets. Uh, know that you have types that are going to fit better for you, whether it's a road bike or a mountain bike. They tend to be more mountain bike style, but you'll find 
variety across all of them. Also look for something that if you do have a problem that you could get back to civilization, we'll call it, uh, if you needed to walk it back. Again, that's not a common thing. I've only ever run a battery out on these once before, and I just know it was a very heavy thing and obviously memorable. Just those things that you really have to think about, you know, really take into consideration. Any final thoughts for us? Uh, I, I love the idea that bikes have become so not just commonplace, but accepted and even preferred modes of travel during this pandemic because it gives us that opportunity to explore and feel what it is to be almost like a kid again and get out there and, and ride and, and just feel the wind on our faces. We're, we're going to places that we have to uh, go, whether we're going to work, we're going to play. It's a great way to get out there and to be safe while we're doing it. Brett, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you.